You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on U.S. tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts. Chicago, Chicago. Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein & Associates. Hi, I'm very happy today to have Mirit Reef as my guest. Uh, we're going to talk a, about a, a new topic, something that I haven't covered in the past, but something that I think is very relevant to uh, my listeners. Uh, for, but let me first introduce Mirit. Mirit works as a lawyer at uh, Hakoin Wolf Law Offices. She deals mainly with property transaction, transactions, contracts, and she is part of the marketing team assisting sellers, buyers, and new Olim. Previously, Mirit worked at JMB Factor & Company, a law firm in Harachotzim dealing with international patents and PCTs. She handled clients' IP portfolios and was the head of the U.S. division in the firm. Uh, good morning, Mirit. Thanks for coming on. Hi, how are you? Great. So we're going to talk a little about, uh, you know, life is on, constantly changing in Israel and uh, real estate. That was one of the areas that really had been, uh, seemed to be untouched for many years. But uh, at the end of last year, the Knesset uh, and the Treasury made some really, uh, I think, significant changes of how real estate is going to be taxed going forward, meaning from 214 on. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about today. So let me go to my first question. Israel uh, recently introduced major changes on how gains from residential real estate will be taxed. Can you give our listeners a general overview? Okay. Well, I hope everybody's sitting down because it's going to be a very long general okay. overview. Um, what was ha well? There's two kinds of taxes when one buys or one does a transaction of um, real estate. There's capital gain tax for the person who's selling it. And there's acquisition tax or purchase tax on the person for the person who purchases the real estate. Mm -hmm. There have been changes for both of these taxes. So I'm going to start with the capital gain tax. Up until December 31st, 2013, anybody who owned a residential home in Israel could sell a home once every four years and get an exemption from capital gain tax, which was quite a significant amount of money. Um, of course, there were um, some certain conditions that you had to fulfill, but mainly a lot of people use this one in four exemption. Um, as of January 1st, 2014, this exemption no longer exists. The, and there's, an, there's only an exemption for selling a single home, and I will go through the terms of this um, exemption. So if you want to be exempt from capital gain tax, you have to um, follow these uh, conditions. First of all, the home that you're selling is the only residential property you own. And I'm, gonna I'm just going to go into brackets about what the, um, what the um, significant date for, own for owning a single home is. For this transition period, as they call it, January 1st, 2014, till 31st of December 2017, you are considered as owning a residential home, a single residential home, only if you went into this transition period owning a single residential home. After 2000 and, well, beginning January 1st, 2018, the date considering you be only owning a single home will be the actual date of the sale. And that's actually very important to know for this period of time that we're discussing. So that was one of the conditions. If the home that you're selling is the only residential home you own at this time. The other 
conditions you have to meet is that you have ownership of the home for at least 18 months, including after receiving TOFUS ALBA 18 months. The third condition is that the exemption is not being used for, was not used for a period of 18 months prior to the sale. The fourth condition is that the value of the home is up to 4.5 million shekels, which is also a new thing. Up until now, there wasn't a limit to how much the home is valued. Now there is a limit to how much the home is valued, which means if you are selling a home which is valued above 4.5 million, you will be taxed on the additional amounts. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and you, the final condition is that you have to sell at least a third of a home. Anything less is not considered valid for this exemption. Mm -hmm. Okay. There, I, I got a lot of panicky phone calls at the end of last year when these, these new rules were introduced, and, and there were people feeling that they had to sell right now or they had to sell before January 1st, 2014, or they would be hit by taxes. Now, you did refer that there's some transitional rules here. Uh, where were people mistaken in thinking that they had to sell uh, before the end of the year? Well, People can still sell their homes. Is it? The, the capital gain tax is a little bit changed, and I'll get into that in a few seconds, but I just wanted to mention that you can still, up until 2014, as I said, you can sell a home once every four years. This does not apply anymore. So yes, people were right to be a little bit panicky if they at the moment own more than two, more than one home and want to sell it. They might be entitled to sell it, with a very low capital gain tax, which at the moment is called shiur masmutav, or let's, for English sake, let's call it betterment tax. But in order to be able to sell it with this betterment tax, there'll be a few. There'll be also conditions that they have to meet. I can go through them if you want, very quickly. Okay, that would be helpful. I think. Okay, the idea of betterment tax is that for houses sold, um, and which is, at the moment, I just want to talk about the transition period between 1st and 1st, 2014, and 31st of 12, 2017. What they do is the actual profit, after all expenses and costs for the purchase and the sale are taken into account, earned on the home up to January 1st, 2014, there'll be zero tax owed. From that period until the sale itself, the tax will be 25% of the actual profit made during that period only. So if we're now we're talking today, we're uh, March 19th and you're selling a house, so you're actually going to be taxed on the 25% of the profit, of the actual profit the house made between 1st of the 1st, 2014 and March 19th, 2014, which won't be very much. So if someone's owned this property for a long time, that, that's going to be quite insignificant. Correct. But there's a very big but here. The, in, the um, ITA does not give free freebies, as we all know. So there are conditions that you're going to have to meet in order to, in order to get this betterment tax. The terms are the sale is not to family members. And in just in brackets, I want to emphasize, we can get into it a little bit later, that siblings are now not included as family members. So a sale from one to another is still okay at this point for this betterment tax. The home was not received as a gift before um, August 1st, 2014, and 2013, sorry, unless you have a waiting period which you've waited it off depending on if you live in the house, if you don't live in the house, it's three to four years. 
The third term is that you've not sold a home during a four-year period, and they be, there, this is the term that they go back to what was the old term of the four years. Now, I want to state that if you did sell, if you don't meet this last term and you have sold a home during a four-year period, you still will be able to sell at least one house using the Betterment tax, and you'll have to wait until the four-year period is met in order to be able to sell another house because this Betterment tax is okay for selling two houses during the transition period. So coming back to your question, if somebody owns more than one house and wants to sell two houses, he can still try to apply and receive the Betterment tax for two houses if he's selling it during this transition period. Mm -hmm. Once the transition period is over, starting um, January 1st, 2018, there is no limit to how many houses you can sell with this Betterment tax, and um, there's also no conditions that you have to meet. Meaning that everything will be taxable, right? Exactly. Everything is still taxable. The tax will probably be more because we're talking about four-year period of tax that you'll have to, that will be applied. So they're giving you a present with the fact they're saying, okay, you're going to still, we're still going to tax you, but at least you will be able to sell as many houses as you want using this tax form. Mm -hmm. But people should expect post this transition period uh, or, or if they buy and sell during this transition period that they're going to be paying this 25% tax to Israel, right, on any gain? Well, on the gain from 2014 onwards, yes. Right, right. What about buying apartments still in children's names? Is that still a good strategy? Okay, uh, I will discuss buying um, children's names. There's just one more thing that I think will actually be very important for people who are foreign residents so that they know. Um, that another cha major change in the law was regarding foreign residents. Foreign residents will always have to pay from now on Israeli capital gain tax when they're selling a home, even if they only own one home in Israel, unless they can prove that they don't own a home in their country of residence, and they need to show proof of that from the official tax authority of their country of residence. Well, that's, that's, that's a certificate I've never seen in the United States, at least. Uh, you know, that, that'll be an impossible. Uh, if they're expecting a form from the IRS, uh, I guess people will just be paying. But again, I've said to people that, uh, you know, it is a creditable tax. So uh, at the end of the day... Uh, if they pay here, they won't have anything to pay to Uncle Sam. Well, it depends. The betterment you're talking about the betterment tax, right? Correct. Correct, but that but take into account that they have to still stand by the terms that we spoke to, unless they're selling it after 2018. Right, understood. Okay, uh, okay. Back to the question about putting buying apartments in kids' names. If you're buying an apartment in your children's name. There won't, if they're over 18, there's not a problem, but then you have to take into consideration that once they have an apartment, any apartment they purchase in the future will be considered a second home for tax issues. Mm -hmm. And if the child is under 18, it's still counted as part of the family unit, so it's not counted as, as if it's the child, so you don't gain anything by that. Gotcha. Okay. So if, if, so, if someone, but if someone is, what you're saying, buying the apartment for the kid, uh, it's going to be their primary residence, this still is a good strategy. Yeah, if he's taking into account that the, the fact that he might purchase a second one is, is way down the line, and yes, that's, there's no problem with that. And if, and if it was bought before the kid was 18, but the kid sells it when they're a young adult, uh, they'll also be entitled to, to an exemption, correct? Well, 
If it's their only home. If it's their only yes. home. Okay, that's what I'm referring to. Okay. Uh, all right, let me go to the other end of the spectrum from buying in kids' names. What, what if someone inherits an apartment and wants to sell it? Will they have to pay tax in Israel? And I guess this is, this is maybe relevant for both uh, people who live here and, let's say, people who live abroad who inherit a property from a deceased parent? Well, the reform regarding inheritance hasn't changed. So somebody who inherited from a relative, not including a sibling, will be able to um, sell it without paying capital gain tax if the person himself was entitled to that exemption when he when he before he passed away with meaning if he only had one apartment during that time mm -hmm. okay that's very helpful um what if someone sells two properties in the same year under these new rules uh post 214 that they've owned for 10 years which one gets taxed well as i mentioned you can still sell two up to two homes during this transition period using the betterment tax rules if they all apply to you i see so it doesn't really matter if you owned it for 10 years or 20 years. The, the gift that the ITA sort of gave you was the fact that any profit that was, will not be countable tax-wise up till the first of the first 2014. So if you received, if you had this apartment for 20 years, I'm assuming your gain is quite quite large right. and if you have to, and if, if, if that's all washed out, then you know you've just actually you're benefiting from this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, let me go back for a minute. I referred before to foreign residents. Uh, we see a lot of people, particularly in uh, in the Jerusalem area, uh, that have bought vacation apartments, I'll call them. Uh, let's take someone bought one 20 years ago in the mid-80s. Uh, they sell it in 215 next year. Uh, they, they do have a home in the U.S., I'm speaking now just my practice. Uh, what, what Israeli tax will they pay? So again, because foreign residents will always have to pay Israeli capital gain tax, especially even if they only, only own one home in Israel, they might still be able to get some sort of, I'm not going to call it an exemption because it's not an exemption, but though they might still be able to be applied through the mas mutav, the betterment tax, if they, if those, if the terms that we spoke to before still apply to them, which means the sale is not to a family member, the home was not received as a gift before the transition period, unless they had the waiting period was over, and they. They've not sold a home during a four-year period prior to the sale. Um, just like just like any other Israeli who's going to try and sell his uh, second home, they just come into that same bracket. Okay, so that's so just that period, uh, the proportion amount of time from January first, two fourteen, to when they sell in two fifteen would be subject to some tax. If again, yes, if the rules, if the conditions are met. Right. Uh, okay, let me just change a little direction. I'll still stay with foreign residents. If a foreign resident has been renting out a property and not paying tax on the rent, is there any program for them to catch up and get back into the system? Okay, let me just give a quick um, introductionary to that. In uh, August 2013, the ITA, Israel Tax Authority, launched an uh, enforce enforcement operation to detect tax invaders among the owners of luxury apartments in Tel Aviv. The operation resulted in the findings of uh, hundreds and thousands of shekels of unreported annual income. Many of the apartment owners that were found out were foreign residents who were renting out their apartments without reporting this. 
because the operation was so successful, they initiated another one in the middle of November of 2013, this time in Hashdod. Um, so I, I, so from that I can understand that there's a little bit of a tightening on this, this area. Now for your question, can people who have unreported income do something about it? So the answer is yes. They can go through what is called a voluntary disclosure program in Israel. Um, in order to report and pay taxes on their income that, that derives from Israel, as in their rental income from our properties here. But there are following, there's some terms that they have to meet, and I'll just state them very quickly. There are five terms. One is that the coming forward is voluntarily done. It's an honest and truthful appeal. It's not a result of any investigation from the ITA agent or another official as of such. The, there's no Israeli government office that has any prior information about the disclosed information that he's doing through the voluntary disclosure. The Israeli tax authority has not started investigating the matter disclosed. It's not been published in the media, and it's not been disclosed through any court filings, procedures, or papers. Um, if, it, if it meets all those terms, then he can apply to go through the voluntary disclosure. Okay. I'm going to ask uh, one last question, and, and then I want to ask a follow-up about something you referenced about purchase taxes. But my last question is, uh, what are some tips you might give for someone from abroad who's buying an apartment in Israel for the first time? Somebody who now is going to buy an apartment in Israel for the first time, take into account that they own a, an apartment in their country of residency has to factor in the price, the higher tax brackets of some, the similar to somebody who is buying another residential home in Israel, unless they make aliyah within two years of the purchase, in which case they'll be entitled to get their money back for the difference between buying a singular home and buying a second home. They also have to take into consideration that as a foreign resident, when they sell the home, they'll have to pay taxes capital gains. And in addition, they have, to, they have to also take into account that any income that they make from this apartment might be um, subject to tax. So, you know, all is great in, um, in coming. We'd rather they just come and live here. Probably just easier. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So now uh, let me follow up or finish things up with what you wanted to share about the changes or, or updates regarding purchase taxes. Okay. So, Purchase tax, the tax starting, actually, the changes started from August 1st, 2013. Um, there are different tax brackets for, there are different tax brackets. One is for those purchasing a single home. The other is for those purchasing an additional home. The brackets for an additional home have increased. This applies only to the period of August 1st, 2013 till December 31st, 2014. After that, the tax bracket for additional home was somewhat reduced. So that's just some factor you have to take into account if you want to purchase during this period of time a house. It might be wise to wait until 2015 because the tax brackets are a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. um, and there are additional tax brackets from now on for purchases of above 4.5 million shekels. So there's an 8% and a 10% tax bracket, those are new. They, didn't, they do not exist beforehand. And as I said, for foreign residents, as we mentioned before, from now on they'll always be taxed under the brackets of additional homes, the same as if somebody who purchased an Israel additional home, unless they make a liao, become a Tashav Chuzel within two years of the purchase. Okay. So uh, I'm going to add one other thing, just because you're, you're dealing with these, obviously, from a technical point of view, but... Uh, 
what would you share with our listeners as to the real estate market as you see it? Are things continuing just to go up? Are things cooling down? Well, the idea was really to make more apartments available. That was the idea coming forward from 2013 onwards. I'm not really sure how much that's changed. We won't, it's, I think it's a little bit early to know. There's also been a, um, something in Globes just yesterday about um, an idea of for people who are buying a first home and they have kids that they won't have to pay the ma'am if they buy from a kablan. All these things are trying to push people forward, push people forward to be able to afford to buy a house. There's also terms for this, you know, for all these gifts that they could be whole receiving. They have to have done army. They have to have two kids, I think. There's, but it's also, this is all rather new. The same thing to do with the um, capital gain tax. The idea with the capital gain tax is so people understand that you know owning two homes and is not such a wonderful idea once they want to sell it in order to push people to sell more houses at the moment so that there will be more houses free for people who want to purchase at least one home for themselves. All this is really pushing forward for people, more people who have more than one house to sell it so that people who don't have a house at all will be able to buy it. The prices are trying to be more affordable. The, the taxes are, are trying to, are, are, we're, the, the ITA is playing around with this whole tax issue in order to see, in order to find some sort of space where it will be doable for everybody. But I honestly believe, I mean, I want to believe that this is going to happen. This is going to be for the better of the good, but I can't tell you as of now because I think it's just too early yet to see. Okay. All right. So uh, thank you for a very informative uh, discussion, podcast. If my clients or listeners would like to get in touch with you about any of the topics that you discussed, how, how would they reach out to you, Mirit? Um, well, they can call our offices, Hakon and Wolf Law Offices. Um, our main number is 02 they can email me at mirit at com. We'll try and answer all their questions. Very, very good. I appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to, if there's any updates, uh, we'll be turning to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestein.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.